this, well, part of this chapter, we're going to continue our study in the Gospel of Luke. Do you need a Bible, Auntie? You sure? We, we get extra Bible you can borrow. Yeah. Then you can follow along? You sure? Okay, we're going to take care of you. But anyway, um, uh, I already prayed, so uh, let's get right into the Word tonight. Uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 12. We're going to be studying verses 1 through 12 tonight. And our, our uh, title of our message is actually called Make a Stand. Make a Stand. Uh, you know, I was a number of years ago, I was reading about this. A group of Tibetan monk, Buddhist monks traveled to Massachusetts, is that how you say it, and purchased 534 live lobsters, 600 pounds worth. And they bought these lobsters from a seafood wholesaler, and they're alive. You know why? To save them from being cooked in restaurants. Crazy, huh? They chartered a boat, and when they reached a specific location, they conducted like this Buddhist ceremony, cut off the bands on the claws, and set the lobsters free and threw them back into the ocean. Now, that was their mission. That was what they wanted to do, is set the lobsters free. You know what, there seems to be a movement of some people making a stand to save lobsters from being cooked and eaten. I know it sounds crazy, but like PETA, you know, People for Ethical Treatment of Animals, that group, they're talking about opening the world's first lobster empathy center. There's also uh, bumper stickers I saw that say, lobsters are people too. And then... I read, and this was a while back, but some were considering taking legal action against Martha Stewart for cooking a live lobster on TV, labeling her as a domestic terrorist. <laughs> Crazy. You know what I say? I say, why? I mean, isn't there more important things that we should take, make a stand for? There should be a lot more important things. Like, what about making a stand for Jesus? What about making a stand against sin? Making a stand against flesh, our flesh, our sinful flesh that's in us. I mean, we can be passionate and make a stand for certain things, but how about our walk with the Lord? Well, tonight, as we, re- as we return to our study in the book of Luke, Jesus teaches the disciples on making a stand against those things inside of you, like pride. Self-preservation, like only thinking about yourself in that way, and even insecurity. So that's why I titled our message tonight, Make a Stand. Make a Stand. That's what Jesus is really pushing upon the disciples here. And again, we're going to be studying Luke chapter 12 from verse 1 through 12. And there's, there's three main things that Jesus is going to put forth here. And basically, this is our outline. Like, make a stand, number one, against hypocrisy. Make a stand, number two, against the fear of man. And, and make a stand, number three, against denying Jesus. And really, that's talking about persecution, when you're going through persecution. So let's begin with number one in our outline, making a stand against hypocrisy. Against hypocrisy. Now, if you're taking notes, we're going to be covering verses one through three in this first section. But first of all, look at verse one. Verse 1 reads here, 
In the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. We'll stop there. Now, we begin here in Luke chapter 12. We finish up chapter 11, now in 12. And it begins with these three words, in the meantime, in the meantime. And, and in other words, while the Pharisees were trying to find something they could use against Jesus. Uh, remember, we ended in that way in chapter 11, where they're lying in wait to catch him with something that he was going to say or, or do. And so we ended chapter 11. So in the meantime, so while they were like watching him, in that meantime, while the Pharisees were trying to do that, it says here in verse 1 that there were so many thousands of people gathered together that they were trampling one another. And where it says there was many thousands... This crowd was coming together. There was crowds of people coming to see Jesus, and it grew. Here it says in verse 1, to many thousands. The word thousands there in the original language in the Greek is myrios. It's where we get our English word myriads. It means like tens of thousands or a countless number. So people are just coming out. People are coming into this place where Jesus is. And there's so many people coming that they were trampling on one another to see Jesus, to get to Jesus. Now, as we've been studying, we understand why. I mean, there's been a lot of healings going on. Jesus casting out demons. Miracles have been happening, right? He's been preaching and people are like hearing messages and teaching like they never heard before. It's not like the Pharisees. It's not like the Jewish religious leaders. And they're just attracted to Jesus. So he, right now, he's become very, very popular. And so that's important to understand this background, what's going on with what he's about to say to the disciples. So so Jesus is big now. He's like famous. He's like people are getting to know him and they're all coming up. Thousands and thousands of them are gathering together just to see Jesus. So, with this background in place, Jesus, in verse 1, now turns to the disciples and he says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. He, he's saying, be on, be on guard, you guys. Beware is meaning, like, be careful. Be on guard now. Be, guard your heart here. And then he says, of the leaven of the Pharisees. Now, leaven is really the yeast that they would put into the bread and they would bake it and the, the yeast would make the bread rise while it's baking, right? That's the leaven, that's the yeast. And, and we know that with yeast, it gets into the whole loaf of the bread, right? So when he says, beware of the leaven, he's saying, beware of the yeast because it can get all into you. And he's saying, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. The Pharisees, you remember we've been talking about them. They're the Jewish religious leaders, one of the groups that were part of the whole uh, Sanhedrin who, who, were, who were looking over Israel, ruling over Israel under Rome at that time. And these are the legalistic guys. We, we just you know, talked about one, uh, the house he went to have dinner last week. But, and so he's saying, hey, watch out now for the leaven. Watch out for the the influence of these Pharisees. If you remember last week, 
When, we were, when Jesus went to one of the Pharisees' house and we talked about how, how Jesus kind of like, like confronted him, right? Uh, confronted the Pharisees. And he was, we, we learned some things there, right? That Pharisees, they're more about the outside image rather than the inside of their heart. We learned also last week, they, they put status above character. We learned these Pharisees, they also rejected Jesus, and, and, and they thought, oh, we don't like Jesus because now he's a threat. He's getting popular. He's a threat to our popularity. He's a threat to our money. He's a threat to our status, our position, and the power that we hold and the control we hold over the people. So these are the Pharisee guys. So now Jesus is saying, watch out for these guys. Remember, they're spiritual masquerading, right? A title of spiritual masquerade. Like they're masquerading. They're, they're pretending to be priests of God, but they were really hypocrites. They only cared about themselves and money and fame. And they pretended to be holy men of God, but they really weren't. They were hypocrites. So Jesus cautions the disciples now, to beware, to be on guard for the leaven, to, to, to watch out that you're not easily influenced by how these Pharisees are acting, by the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. That's why he says in verse 1, beware of the leaven of Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. He was saying, you guys, don't be like these guys. Don't become a Pharisee. So just like leaven can get into the whole lump of dough, so hypocrisy of the Pharisees can get into you, disciples, and, and get into your whole character and ruin you. So here's the first thing I want you to see. Jesus warned the disciples of the hypocrisy of pride with this massive crowd around them. So remember, that's the setting. Jesus is getting popular. There's a crowd all around him. And so with that, Jesus is warning the disciples of the hypocrisy of pride. These guys are into themselves. They wanted to lift themselves up. Jesus knew the disciples could easily become like the Pharisee, focus on, in on being popular, having that position. You know, like, hey, I'm a disciple of Jesus, Yeah. As more people came, right, they're thinking, oh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm one of Jesus' guys, yeah? So it's easy for their pride to set in. Hey, Jesus chose me to be one of the 12, right? I have this position. I'm, I'm tight with Jesus now. And so Jesus knew our human nature. Jesus knew the pride and the self-seeking that we all have, and especially in the disciples, as the crowds are coming, as Jesus was getting more popular, it would be easy for them to be puffed up in pride, concerned more for their image, neglect the heart. So Jesus is like, hey, don't become a Pharisee. Don't become like these guys. Beware of the leaven, the influence of the Pharisees. And then he says this, look at verse 2 and 3. It says, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. So Jesus is saying, watch out for that hypocrisy. Watch out for putting a show on and, and pretending because, you know what, what is covered up. Like, like the Pharisees were covering up what on the inside was really, what, just deadness. Right? Their sin, their pride, their seeking their own stuff. He says, what is covered up? Like what's in the heart? It's going to be revealed. What is said in the dark? 
like in your mind, it's going to be brought to light. And what is whispered behind basically closed doors, it's going to be proclaimed. It's going to be publicly announced to all. Their hypocrisy is going to be exposed. They look like they're great, but you know what? On what's on the inside, it's going to be revealed. So here's the second thing. Jesus warned the disciples that hypocrisy will be exposed one way or another. That's what he's saying. I mean, everything's going to come out. The truth is going to come out eventually. And they will be exposed to as who they really are. And so Jesus is saying, you guys too. Don't be leavened in that way. Don't be influenced in that way. We know this, that if, if you're going to be hypocritical, that's going to be exposed too. In Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 12, chapter 12, verse 14 says, For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. We know when judgment comes, when God judges every person in the earth, everything's going to be exposed. All their sins, we know that. And so whether later in judgment time or in this life, God will bring light to hypocrisy. That's what he's saying. So don't, don't live that lie. Don't live that kind of life in that way. I was reading a number of years ago, a man bought this chicken dinner one night in Long Beach, California. And uh, it was himself and, a, uh, and for this lady waiting in a cart. But the manager had mistakenly handed him a box filled with a deposit from, from the day sales. Well, when the man drove to a park and opened the container, he saw all the money, drove right back, and returned the money. And the manager was like shocked that he would even do that. Well, the manager was so happy and just, just so like, wow, so relieved. He told the man, you know what, wait, wait right here. I'm going to call the newspaper. I'm going to have them take your pictures. They're going to interview you because, you know, you're the most honest and, and real, genuine guy in town. The man said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. And, and, and the manager asked, like, why, why? And the man said, because. And he whispered, see, I'm married, and the girl I'm with is not my wife. God will expose things, no matter what it is. God can expose any hypocrisy there. So it's important for you and I, as Jesus is speaking to disciples, he's speaking to us, right? That we be real, that we be genuine. And if you're not, it's time to repent. It's time to stop. It's time to to. to to, to stop those secret sins before God openly exposes them. You know what? It, it's God's patience and mercy that you're not found out yet. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're connected. And, and there is some habitual secret sins. You know what? It, God's giving you a chance to repent. Maybe you're here tonight. God's giving you a chance to repent. To stop. Because eventually those things will be exposed. And it's not for God to necessarily sit there and condemn you. But it's because he wants to help you. In his patience and mercy right now, maybe you're not exposed. So I'll tell you what, that's the time. This is the time to repent. So make a stand tonight against hypocrisy. Let's go to number two in our outline. Make a stand basically against the fear of man. The fear of man. Now we're going to cover verses four through seven here. And look at verse 4 and 5, first of all. 
Jesus says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. We'll stop there. Now, I like how Jesus, as he's speaking to his, the disciples, he says, I tell you, my friends. Don't you love that? It, it really speaks of this relationship that the disciples have with Jesus. It's, it's this close relationship. And how, you know, Jesus is saying, you know, we're friends. We're, we're committed to each other. We're, we're devoted to each other. So, and, and that really plays into what he's about to say. And that's why he, he really uses that word, hey, I'll tell you, guys, I'll tell you, my friends. You know, we're friends. We have this close relationship. And he says this. So he puts this out. Do not fear those who kill the body. In other words, those who threaten your life or even they kill you. You know what? Jesus knows that the, with the disciples, the Pharisees are going to go after them too. The Pharisees are going to intimidate the disciples. And they, he knows that the disciples are afraid of the Pharisees also. But Jesus says, even if they kill you, you know what? That's the worst they can do to you. Because, he says, I warn you whom to fear. This is who you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast you into hell. Fear God who has the authority, who has, has the hand in your eternal future, whether hell or heaven. In other words, fear God who holds your eternal future in your hands. I mean, that's who you should really fear. Not the Pharisees, the one who has really in his hands your eternal life, whether it's in hell or it's in heaven. Now, when we talk about fearing God, it is a fear like, oh, better watch out kind of thing. But the, whenever we talk about like, like even in Old Testament about fearing God, it's, it's about giving respect to God. Giving honor to God. It's about uh, respecting and honoring God for who He is and what He says. That's what it is about fear. So honor God. Respect Him. Fear it all. Yeah, I mean, he, he can, He's the one who can send you to hell if you don't receive Jesus. But that's who you should honor and respect. Not so much the Pharisees. So number one here, is, I want you to see this. Live for God and not for what others think. That's what he's really saying. Live for God and not for others think. I mean, you can fear God or you can fear man, right? That's the choice here. You can fear man, but you know the worst he can do is kill you. But, but you know what? What's going to happen after that? You're eternal. Where are you going to spend eternity? Well, it's better that you live for God, honor God, than fear man. You know, I was thinking about when my boys were younger. Um, I remember they came to me, and I forgot how old they were, maybe like 8, 9, 10, maybe 11 or so. But they came, we were living in Pa'ia, and they asked and said, Oh, Dad, all, all, the, all the guys on, in the neighborhood, we're going to go Pa'ia gym, and we're going to go play in the field over there, back in the field. And I go, Oh, yeah, okay, go, go. And so they went. And then all of a sudden, they're back. 
and they're playing like in our yard. And I'm thinking, wait, wait. So I go and ask them, well, what's going on? I thought you guys were going to go play in the field. They said that, well, when we went there, they found this uh, backpack, which probably belonged to maybe a, one of the kids who uh, go to Doris Todd School because they used to use the field in a gym, you know, for their PE. And there was a backpack that was left there. And so all the neighbor boys were started going into it and taking stuff. Well, my boys knew that it was wrong. So Justin and Jared, they just came home. They said, they're like, oh, they're, they're doing that. And they just, they just came home. I thought, oh, well, you know, I touched dad's heart. Like, oh, good for them. You know, I didn't have to be around. And, hey, what are you doing? Or they didn't partake. Yeah. They, they actually didn't go along with, with the crowd, basically, you know, or fear of rejection, fear of man, right? Fear, oh, what the boy's going to say, the other boys and stuff. No, they just came. I felt like, well, they feared God, respected and honored God more than feared the boys in the neighborhood. Oh, and, you know, well, teasing them or anything like that. How about you tonight? How about the situations you're in right now? How about what you're facing? Do you fear man or fear God more? What is that? We're challenged in that every day, you guys. We're, we're challenged. I mean, I, I think probably high school is the worst time, right? <laughs> right? Oh, I got to go along with my peers. Yeah, I got to fit in. And, and we kind of struggle with that. And sometimes we compromise because of fear of man, fear of rejection, rather than knowing what's right before God. And so today, all of us, we face challenges in that way too, right? What do you do? Do you fear man or do you fear God more? And that's what Jesus is challenging the disciples here. Hey, you guys, don't, don't fear man. I mean, the worst they can do is kill you, but fear God who holds your eternal life. You know, live for God and not for what others think. Well, let's go to verse 6 and 7 now. He then says this. It's interesting. He says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. So then Jesus, now, this is interesting. He moves into this area. Now, he assures the disciples of how valuable they are to God. So they are not to fear. Fear, right, man. They are not to even fear like God even. For, for he says, you guys know that five sparrows are sold for two pennies. Now back in ancient time, these small birds were the cheapest live food you could buy. It was basically food. And if you didn't have a lot of money, you can afford other things. Well, you can buy these little birds to eat. And so he's saying these, these cheap little Birds that people forgot. You know what? God still keeps track of basically saying that. God still keeps track of even these, these sparrows that aren't worth much. And then he says, even the hairs of your head, they are all numbered. Isn't that interesting? Now Jesus is saying that. And he's saying all our, the hairs of our head is numbered. The, the Greek word number there is arithemio, where we get our word arithmetic. But, but the idea is God don't, not only counts them, but the idea is he really labels each hair. Like he knows each one, like if I went, oh, God would say, there goes number 121 or, or whatever. You know, but he knows that it's numbered, each of the hair, all of our hairs. William Barclay says, 
in his commentary that, I don't know where he got this, but this is William Barclay. He said, in his commentary, he said that a blonde person on average has 124,000 hairs. A dark-haired person has 120,000 hairs, and a person with red hair has 90,000. I'm thinking, my first thought was, who counted all the hairs? I mean, really, who took that time? I mean, my, that's my first thought. My, my second thought was, who really cares, right? But you know what the answer is? God cares. Isn't that neat to know? That's how much God cares for you. I think that's amazing. So if God keeps track of every hair on your head, it shows how much he watches over you. So you know, we do not need to fear. We do not need to fear or don't be afraid. This is what he's telling the disciples. Don't be afraid of what the Pharisees can do to you. Don't be afraid of what they may say to you. Don't be afraid of man. Don't fear man. God is watching over you. Fear God. We're friends here, right? We're devoted and committed to one another. I tell you, my friends, Jesus said. We, we, we have this relationship. Fear God, honor God, respect God more than man. Don't, don't fear man. God is watching over you because you're, you are more valuable than a whole flock of sparrows. Many sparrows, he's saying. That's how important you are to him. So all this is to say this, and this is the second thing in this section. A person's worth is based on what God think, thinks and not what others say. A person's worth is based on what God thinks and not what others say. You know, Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Isn't that great? If we, if, if we live our life in the fear of man, always catering to that, you know, it's a snare. It's a trap for us. But if we trust in the Lord and His love for us, we're safe. We're secure. There's no worry about, about self-preservation or insecurity here. We're safe in the arms of God. Person's worth is based on what God thinks and not what others say. So don't put more weight on what others say about you. Think about what God thinks about you, right? Are you here today? Maybe you've been beaten down. Maybe, maybe verbally you've been beaten down. Smashed under someone's thumb and... Maybe they, they're saying bad things about you or they're saying things that you're not worth anything. Things that making you feel so small and like nothing. But God is saying, I care for you more than the sparrows, the birds, and I keep watch over them. I know how many hairs you have on your head. I have them numbered. I keep track. That, that's, that's how much I have my eye on you. You're worth you're valuable to me. You're worth much. Matter of fact, know that you are loved because you're a child of God. Know that you are worth to God. You're, you're of value because you are someone worth dying for. When Jesus died on the cross, he was thinking of every one of us, right? Every one of us. And that means we're worth something. 
if Jesus would do that for us. Listen, the fear of man can make you live in that fear of what people might think of you or do to you. And then, you know what happens? The strange thing happens. Then the fear of man makes us live in hypocrisy, right? We compromise and, 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 and we start trying to please man rather than please God. But when we truly live to honor God, not man, when we truly live to honor God, nothing can stop you. Nothing. No one. No matter what they say, because you know who you are in God. You know who God is and how He looks at you. So when we truly live to honor God, not man, nothing can stop you. And so that's why we got to make a stand, you guys, against the fear of man. we got to make that stand to be real, to live for Jesus, no matter what. I read a story many years ago, many, many years ago, when um, the Soviet Union, the communist, you know, Russia was still, Russia was a communist nation. Uh, a little group of Christians met secretly behind closed doors, and suddenly the doors burst open, and interrupting the service, two soldiers appeared with machine guns. They shouted, anyone who renounces Jesus Christ can leave, but anyone who stays will be shot. Some left, some stayed. The soldier said it again and took one shot in the air. One man got up and left. The soldiers went and then closed all the doors. And then they put down their guns. And then they turned to the pastor and said, Don't fear, don't fear. We're believers too. And now that the hypocrites are gone, we can have church safe and secure without any spies in our midst. Sometimes our challenge with that but we got to make a stand against the fear of man all right our last heading here number three against denying jesus make a stand against denying jesus and here we'll finish up the rest of our section verse 8 through 12 but first of all verse 8 and 9 and i tell you everyone who acknowledges me before men the son of man also will acknowledge before the angels of god But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. So here's Jesus going on. So so if you don't live in that hypocrisy, don't be a Pharisee. And if, if you fear God and not man, and you then acknowledge, which really talking about being openly and publicly, say that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, if you openly acknowledge before men, make a stand publicly, then you know Jesus said, you know, I'm going to do the same in heaven before all the angels. In other words, in heaven, Jesus will declare that you are truly one that belongs in the family of God. That's what he's saying, basically. That's what he's saying. But if you're like one who denies Jesus, like the fear of man comes in, and, and you fear man more than God, then... Jesus will do the same in heaven. In other words, Jesus will say, you know, you're really not a saved child of God. So here's the first thing. Number one, the true believer shows who he really is by openly acknowledging who Jesus really is. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
when it comes out of our mouth, that it, 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 when we really pray, yeah, and then they confess Jesus, and we say, you know what, we're going to be saved. And, and, in, and in that way, it comes out of our, our whole being. Then look at verse 10. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Now, Jesus clarifies something here. It's one thing to criticize Jesus, but it's another thing to reject the Holy Spirit's testimony of Jesus. That, that's what he's getting into here. See, if anyone speaks a word against Jesus, like they criticize him or they put down Jesus, you know what, they can be forgiven when they repent and believe in him. That, that's what he's saying. But if someone blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, that, and what that means is to willfully, deliberately reject what the Spirit is saying about Jesus Christ, about salvation, then they can't be forgiven, right? If, if they're going to reject the message of the, of, of, of the gospel, how can they be really be forgiven and saved? See, it's the Holy Spirit that points to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that points to Jesus for salvation. Like when you first came to the Lord and you're like, oh, oh, I need Jesus. You know, that was the Holy Spirit working in your life, in, in, in your heart. He's the one who convicts us and says, oh, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. And then you prayed and gave your heart to the Lord and he came into your life and he forgave you. That was the Holy Spirit doing that work, pointing to Jesus and the cross for salvation. So if a person rejects that, spites it, puts it down, says, Oh, rubbish. Ah, that's not true. Cannot be saved. Then, in a sense, right? He's saying, ah, that that that's not right. That that's not the way. He's rejecting the gospel and he's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Remember, back in chapter eleven, the Pharisees went as far as saying Jesus is evil because they accused him of using Satan's power to cast out demons. Remember that. Well, in another gospel, Jesus is saying, oh, that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Like calling what the Spirit does evil. So rejecting Jesus saying, ah, that's no good. That's nothing. You know, what the Holy Spirit is saying, that's blasphemy of the Spirit. So here's the second thing Jesus is saying. Those who are like the Pharisees that hypocritically deny the testimony of the Spirit about Jesus will not be saved. So understand, I mean, the only way to heaven is Jesus, right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life in John 14, right? That's the only way. There's no other way. And if the Holy Spirit is putting Jesus out and you say, ah, forget it. Of course, how can you go before God and be forgiven if you're rejecting the way to be forgiven? So do you understand that? J.C. Ryle put it this way, the sin of deliberately rejecting God's truth with the heart while the truth is clearly known with the head. I like that. That even clarifies it even more. The Pharisees, um, they, they didn't have the heart and they would just put on this hypocritical thing, oh yeah, we believe in God, but they rejected Jesus. It's more than just in the head, it's the heart that receives it all. You know, sometimes Christians can be full of fear that, Oh no, I committed that unpardonable sin. I blasphemed the Holy Spirit. I, I cannot be forgiven. But they don't understand what that means. 
Just the fact, you know, that a person is concerned about it shows they have not done it. Yeah. It's the person who totally rejects Jesus, the message of Jesus that the Holy Spirit is trying to put forth, put out. So that's what it's really about. Okay, last two verses here. And when they bring before you this, uh, when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. So when it comes to the time uh, when you're facing, I think I think this is the. The, the, the greatest challenge when the fear man comes in, right? When you're persecuted. This is, the hot, this is the time where it's the hardest. Jesus is saying, hey, don't worry. Because the same Holy Spirit who brought you to Jesus will help you to stand for Jesus. You know, it could be here Jesus is, is, is training, is teaching, helping the disciples get ready for the persecution that's going to come upon the disciples. And it will. We know in the book of Acts it did. And, and, and when they will be brought before the religious rulers and authorities, and he's saying, don't be anxious, don't be worried about, oh no, how am I going to handle myself? What, what am I going to say? How, how am I going to do this? I don't know. These big people in authority, are, I'm standing before them. I don't know, right? The hardest thing to fear, fear man, and it's like, oh, it's easy to compromise and deny Jesus. But the Lord Jesus says, hey, no worries. The Holy Spirit will teach you. In other words, the Holy Spirit will instruct you right at that moment. The Holy Spirit will guide you and give you the words to say when you face your greatest fear, the greatest fear of man. So here's our last point. Number three is when the, pers- when the persecution comes, the Spirit will be there to help you not to deny Jesus. That's what he's saying. So, so you understand, I mean, that this whole thing Jesus is bringing forth about don't be like the Pharisees, don't be a hypocrite, don't fear man, you know, fear God. And here, you know, make a stand against denying Jesus. No worry, no worry. You know, as, the, as, the, as Jesus prepared the disciples here, it all came together, you know what, in Acts 4. And when they faced the religious leaders, they were reprimanded. This is the first time you're reprimanded, yeah, for preaching Jesus. The religious leaders, they're saying, you can stop doing this, stop preaching Jesus. But Peter stood up, filled with the Holy Spirit, and he boldly declared, he said this, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name in heaven given among men by which we must be saved. we got to preach Jesus. They boldly stood in front of these guys. They could have feared man and said, Okay, okay, you know, well, we'll say okay now and secretly do it. No, they stood there boldly, feared God more than fearing man. And then it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, the very next verse, it says this, Now when they, that's the religious rulers and leaders, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I love that. I love that. Because it's the Holy Spirit, right? Moving in our life and, and Jesus is shining out in, in that way. Now think about this. How Peter... Remember, he's the one who denied Jesus, right? In the fear of man, right? Under this pressure of fearing man. 
I'm sure that hurt Jesus. I'm sure it insulted him. I mean, here's Peter who's been with Jesus all this time, but Peter still believed. He went out and wept bitterly, tells us, in the Gospels. And, and, and he, I believe he repented, but he was forgiven, right? Jesus forgave him. And then now, Jesus stood strong before these leaders. He didn't deny him. Not, not like it was, you know, on the night of, the last night of Jesus' life. But he stood strong, powered by the Spirit. Peter and the disciples made a stand in, face, in the face of their fear of men. And they did not deny Jesus. That's what we got to do. Make a stand. No, what, whatever situation you face, I, sometimes it's hard, yeah? Sometimes you're facing some, something or you're talking to someone, it's like, you know, there's that little voice like, like um, uh, say something about Jesus. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and you, you're, there's this battle going inside. No, you got to say something. Oh, no, I don't know. You know, that kind of thing. You know, that's the time we've got to make a stand. Don't deny Jesus when, when he wants you to say something. Don't fear, man. Don't be a hypocrite, Here, You're a Christian. Shine the light. Yeah? Be a light. Share the gospel. God put you in that situation. I understand. Even being a pastor, sometimes it's like, oh, blah, 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 you know, I don't know what to say, you know, kind of thing. But the Holy Spirit will give you what to say right at that moment. It's not an easy thing to do, but... If we understand this, then we know we can make that stand and the Spirit will be there. You know, have you ever wondered, like, some of these stories, right? I read about the persecuted church and people who are martyred for their faith. And it's going on today. It's gone on in the past and in other countries. And many times I wonder, will I be able to stand when my life is on the line? I mean, what if someone came in here with guns and pointed it to our heads and said, you know, denounce Jesus or I'm going to shoot you? What would we do? What will we do? Will we, will we all of a sudden switch into self-preservation? Will we suddenly be all insecure? Like, oh, oh okay, okay. And then, I, you know, what would we do? You know, I, so many times I wonder, Lord, what, what would happen? <laughs> what would I do if that happened? But when I read this, I know that the Spirit will give me the strength to boldly stand when I need to stand. I believe this, and that's what Jesus is saying. The Spirit will help me not be a hypocrite. Well, let me close with this. There's a, a book, a collection of true stories of persecuted Christians. It's, it's actually called Jesus Freaks. It's an old book. But this is a true story about a Soviet soldier named Ivan um, Moiseviev who was 18 years old in 1970, and he, he was ordered to stand outside in a bitter 13-degree night because of his faith in Jesus. You know, he began to worry about freezing to death or what would be worse, he was thinking, to deny Jesus, give in. But he held on to this message. He, they, he said that an angel actually came to him and, and this with a message from God saying, do not be afraid, I am with you. At 12.30 a.m., his superiors checked on Ivan and found him deep in prayer. They challenged him again to deny Jesus, but Ivan said, no, comrade officers, as much as I want to go inside and sleep and get warm, I cannot, I will never agree, 
agreed to remain silent about God. They left him in the freezing temperature with only his like summer uniform on. Ivan was out there. He checked his hands and they were cold but no frostbite. He was even able to easily move his toes with no frostbite. It was, it was a miracle that was happening. Later at 3 a.m., finally the officers gave, gave in and he was allowed back into the barracks. But every night for the next 12 nights, he was ordered to stand in the freezing temperatures if he did not deny Jesus. But every night he made a stand. Every night he stood for God. And every night God kept him warm. Ivan did not keep quiet about Jesus. And you know what? Because of his stand, many soldiers around him came to be saved in Jesus. All because of his unwavering faith in making that stand. So with what we're learning today, I think... There's battles outside, yeah? There's people persecuting. There's, there's things going on at work or pressures we have from family, whatever that is. But, but really it comes down to the inside, right? Sometimes our pride, our self-preservation, our insecurities. But whatever it is, outside or in, let's commit today in the same way to make a stand. Let's pray. Jesus, Thank you for teaching us today, Lord. It's as if we're there, sitting with the disciples, Lord. And we're hearing your words come out, and we're learning, God, what, what, what you're saying. And, and we want to take it in, God, and we want to grow. Lord, help us not to be hypocritical at all. Help us, Lord, not to be prideful, not to seek popularity, power, status, but to, to be real with you and be genuine, Lord. Lord, help us to fear you and not man. Help us to honor and respect your wishes. Help us, God, to not betray you and be devoted and committed to our relationship we have with you. And God, help us, Lord, when those moments come, when the challenges come upon us, and, oh, Lord, it, it's, it, we're right there. We, can, we, we feel shame sometimes to, to have to make a stand for you, but let us not be shamed. Let us not deny you, Lord. And when it's time to say your name, we'll say your name. When it's time to shine your light and share your gospel, we'll share it, God. We'll shout it out, Lord. We'll, we'll, because we know what's real, Lord. We know what's at stake, people's souls and their eternal future. And so, Jesus Help us, Lord. But we see the promise, God, that your Holy Spirit would be there, that you will strengthen us, that you'll give us the words, that you'll give us the ability, God. And when we open our mouths, when we take that step and we say your name, may it go forth in power, Lord. May people see that we truly believe what we're talking about, that we're not hypocrites. That, that, and even if we, we do fail sometimes, God, we're real about it, and we know that you forgive us, God. So, Lord, help us tonight to make a stand against the, the things that are inside of us and the, the things that are around us and even our enemy, Satan, who wants to bring us down. But, Lord... We want to fight the battle. We want to stand for you and nothing else, Lord. We want to show that we are children of God. 
and we belong to you and that we have been with Jesus. Thank you, my Lord and Savior. In your name we pray. Let's all